You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Sydney Paulson, a Washington-based photographer whose stunning portfolio of work includes collaborating with AG. Sydney is a pillar in the American Girl community, and if you've ever been on AGIG before, it's quite likely you've come across her Instagram account called Five Hens and a Cockatiel, where among a variety of content, she recreates iconic movie scenes and moments in pop culture using American Girl dolls. Sydney is talented beyond measure, and we can't wait to hear all about her experience growing up with American Girl and how she continues her interest, inspiration, and connection with the brand today. Sydney, welcome to AGW. I am thrilled beyond words to be here. I love listening to this podcast, as you know, and it is very much a dream come true for me. Uh, Well, Sydney, this is a dream come true for us. We have been admiring your account from afar since before we even started the podcast. It's had such an impact on us. So, you know, we are just living right now for being able to chat with you. It is the sweetest thing for you to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. Echoing everything Laura just said, I have the biggest smile on my face right now. I am just gleeful at the thought of having you on our podcast, Sydney. This is just absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for being here. I feel like we're going to need a part one, two, three, four, (laughs) infinity to cover all that we can with you. I am just such a admirer of your work and everything you've done for the AG community. It's absolutely incredible to see your impact. And it is such an honor to chat with you today. Oh my gosh. I, I, I didn't <laughs> respond to that, Lindsay. That is the sweetest thing <laughs> I could possibly say. Thank you. And thank you for everything that you've uh, been doing for the AG community too. Oh, well, so glad we can be in this community together and that it's brought us together. You know, some of our listeners may have attended a Galentine's Day event that we did. Um, and that was really Lindsay and I's first time getting to like chat face to face with Sydney. So it was such a pleasure. And we were like, okay, now we have to make this interview happen. <laughs> but Sydney, I'm sure everybody knows you who's listening, but just in case they don't, do you? want to quickly just give a little primer on your work and your Instagram account and you know how you're connecting with AG. I have an Instagram account called five hens and a cockatiel which is a name my brother and I came up with back when I was 12 and (laughs) I started posting pictures on it every day from when I was like 15 or 16 is when I really got into it and um, I've just continued taking pictures of dolls I love my American Girl so much. And um, a couple of years ago, American Girl reached out to me and they asked if I would want to do a collaboration with them with their new contemporary character, Z Yang. And of course, I said yes. That was such a dream. Um, and from there, LeBrand and I have had a bit of a relationship. And then the last year, they actually 
started working with me. I started working with them. And so I I both work with them as a photographer and I also have my own Instagram, still five pens and a cockatiel, where I upload pictures of my dolls almost every day. It's a little little less consistent now, but pretty much every every other day. Uh and Sydney, can you say more about why five hens and a cockatiel because I will say like prior to Lindsay and I meeting you we would always be like did you see what five hens and a cockatiel just (laughs) posted but we never really thought about you know the meaning behind the name so can you share a little bit about that the meaning is so self-explanatory. I had a five pet chickens and a pet. But it was very like it's one of those names where I have I haven't regretted it, but I always kind of die slightly whenever I'm out in public shooting dolls and someone's like, oh my gosh, you have an Instagram. I'm like, yes, it's it's five hens and a cockatiel. So the, <laughs> it, it always it always gets kind of either a raised eyebrow or a laugh. But um yeah, it's it was my pets. And oh my uh, gosh. That's <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well I feel like now you can never change it because that is what the community knows you as and right. like it's pretty iconic actually like I feel like it's just become synonymous with your photography like if you say like five hands and a cockatiel people can literally like picture your photography so right well some people have thought of it as um five hands and a cocktail which cracks <laughs> up to no end I, I love I love when you're like oh that's what I didn't know it was a bird I thought it was a <laughs> So oh my god wait that is so funny I hadn't considered that before but that is hilarious outside of American Girl do you do other photography as well I will do events family photos senior photos that sort of a thing my favorite is when I get to do events at this 1850s historical museum it's called Fort Nisqually it's about 45 minutes from my home and it is an 1850s fort it's a living history museum and I get to wow. shoot the event And it just feels like it's not quite like I'm stepping back into Kirsten's world because Minnesota in the 1850s is very different from Washington State in the 1850s. But it is so wonderfully, creatively transportive. I don't know if that's the word. But it it just it just takes you back. And um, the costumes like the, the, the period clothing everyone wears is immaculate. And I love, love being able to photograph events there. Wow. That sounds so incredible. Living history museums are just otherworldly. Like it's just incredible to be in that atmosphere. It just takes you to the moment in such a cool way. Laura and I have a living history museum kind of close to where we grew up collectively, maybe the midway point called Sturbridge Village that I'm just dying to get back to one day. And I think that is like the 1600s, maybe 1700s. Yeah, it's pretty old. I would say like 1600s to 1700s vibes. That is very cool because where I am, like there wasn't really anything like before like the the 1800s. Like I every mm-hmm. time I go the east coast I love seeing the old architecture um mm. and just that like that is so fun and we don't have that over here and so I would I would love to visit um like a 1600s fort that's so you- true I feel like oh, I just take that for granted so much on the <laughs> east coast. <laughs> fair enough well when the both of you get back over here to the east coast one day we can all go together we could venture over to Samantha's um 
home as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would love nothing more. Go. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going to knock on the door of that place and make them let me inside. I want to see what's going on in there. <laughs> like, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who take their Samantha dolls there and, and photograph them. And I, I wonder if they are always just wondering why there's these people taking pictures of dolls in front of their house or if they're like, I ah, guess another Samantha lover. Wow. I can't even imagine what it would be like to own that home and maybe even looking at it from both sides, right? Like someone who is aware of American Girl or someone who has no concept of it, like seeing these people go to their home (laughs) dressed up or otherwise with their dolls. And like knowing that your house is the front of a book like or or like Samantha scenes and settings, like it's just this beautiful painting of your home. um, Yes incredible if you know about it and if you don't you're missing right I'd get that framed like honestly if I lived there I would have like a framed photo of the scenes and settings like artwork it's so beautiful but yeah there's so much like wonderful architecture on the east coast and so many like there's like house of seven gables in Salem there's like colonial Williamsburg there's so many Mm -hmm. things that I feel like I just took for granted living there but we'll have to venture out Colonial Williamsburg was my dream. My best, my childhood best friend uh, went right when we were both getting into American Girl. And I just, I flipped out. Like I wanted to know every detail because. And ever since I have just dreamed of going. So hopefully someday. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, shall we get into the American Girl topics? Let's, let's, let's go. do it. All right. Well, Cindy, before we chat, AG, could you tell us what you were like growing up? Yes. I was a very imaginative, daydreaming kid growing up, um, meaning especially when I got into American Girl and a little bit before, I was I was very much into Little House on the Prairie, um, very much into Anne of Green Gables. And I was the kind of kid that if I had to do a chore or something that I really didn't want to do, I would just create a world around me. And, you know, like if I'm doing laundry, I'm like, I'm part of Orphan Annie's like orphanage. And like, we are the the worst task here, but we're going to get through it together. Um, And I would talk to myself out loud, like all, all, all of that. I would just create these worlds. And I was, I was very embarrassed if anyone overheard me, like I was a very private kid in that way but my brain was just constantly making up stories and that was only enhanced more as I got into American Girl. I was homeschooled and so I had a lot of free time and as soon as I got my my homework done in the mornings um, I would go either outside and play in the backyard and just create things or I would go into my bedroom and I'd listen to audiobooks primarily AG books and I would knit or crochet or sew um, things for my dolls and myself and I would just pretend I was Kirsten or Laura Ingalls and that was very much very much my my life as a kid wow uh, that sounds so beautiful oh thank you I I look <laughs> back on these memories very fondly yeah when did you learn uh, to sew my mom was um and is an incredible sewist like she's she's amazing and she was always we were always going like thrifting as kids um she would like make me pioneer dresses from like women's 90s dresses that we would find at the thrift store and so she would cut them up and and make me like pioneer dresses and aprons and like vintage clothes like that was very much her 
thing. Um, and so when I got into AGs, she started like making patterns for my dolls. And I was not, I was a little afraid of the sewing machine, but I was very much into hand sewing. I wanted mm-hmm. to make a rag doll like what Kirsten had, Addie had, like Laura Ingalls had. And so I was always making rag dolls, which looked like they went through the ringer. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> their faces were not very uh, symmetrical and all of that. But I I always I always sewed and, and crocheted because because of my mom. Oh, that's so wonderful. Sewing and like any sort of needlework, I feel like is such a special skill to have that is like really hard to come by these days. Um, You know, like I think my mom has like a much better understanding of sewing than I do. But like even she will say that like her mother was incredibly talented. And I mm-hmm. feel like it's just like it's just not getting passed down on the level that it was you know, for a really long time. And I, I'm excited to see that like a lot of crafts like sewing are sort of having a resurgence and maybe we can thank the pandemic for that. I don't know. I was just going to hop in. I think like TikTok and Instagram um, and the, like during the pandemic kind of spurred this renaissance of like homemade crafts and and that sort of thing. I remember going to Joanne Fabrics um, during 2020 and just like everything in the sewing section was just gone um (laughs) like this is not usually how things are um but I was very happy and it's it's lovely to see just how hands-on people are getting with making their own clothing and like upcycling and going thrifting I love that it's it's my favorite thing so it's it's fun to see that it's more culturally um ubiquitous now Right. Definitely. That's so true. During the pandemic, it was such a great time to, you know, spend time with hobbies that you might have wanted to try for many years. And I feel like the hobbies that I did were just so useless. Like I wish I learned to knit during the pandemic. My mom is an amazing knitter and I had plans to, I never got around to it. I planned to learn to sew. I bought all of the accoutrements to make like a vintage pattern dress that I found on Etsy that I absolutely adored, bought the fabric, bought a sewing machine, bought everything I needed. And I was FaceTiming with my grandma, who is like an expert sewer. And I don't want to say she discouraged me, but she was like, wait, you're going to make that? She's like, that's really complicated. (laughs) And I was like, oh no. immediately I was like, oh my God, I have no confidence to do this. And I mean, she was definitely right. Like I get like very into a craft or a hobby, but the second that it doesn't go my way, I abandon it. Like if I'm not like perfect at it and like my quarantine hobbies included like making little tiny cakes out of clay, um, making little daisy bracelets out of seed beads, which was a fun little side hustle for like the summer. <laughs> yeah. I want you to bring that one back. <laughs> I love that you did that. I was such a beating kid. I, I beaded right? bracelets and purses and all of that. So uh, I love that you did that, Lindsay. So fun, but oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, everything you've made, I am just captivated by Sydney and I'm sure we'll get into it later on in this podcast, but it's really inspiring, truly. And I feel like with the work that you've created and the outfits from American Girl, like I feel like I'm constantly on Etsy, like searching for things that don't exist. Like Felicity summertime dress for adults or, you know, something (laughs) that like I know is not out there, 
but I wish there was like somebody making like mass produced outfits or like at least outfits that could be like available. And I feel like you're just like, right. I'm going to do it myself. And like, you do right. all of these incredible outfits. <laughs> oh, Thank it's you. inspiring. I, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm very good. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm very good, but I, what I had to throw away was the idea that I absolutely always have to follow a pattern to the letter because that's, that's what gets so tedious for me. And that's, what's been so beautiful about going onto YouTube and just seeing um, people like learn how to sew and they're not necessarily doing it the way it's traditionally been taught, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, but you have people like just cutting out their fabric and like making rough, rough measurements. And, you know, they're not, they're not, making these beautifully tailored dresses and garments but they're making you know really fun shirt dresses or like you know baby doll dresses stuff that's that's easy enough that if you fudge up a measurement a little bit it's still totally wearable and adorable um that's what got me into sewing and then I'm now to a place where if I'm looking at a pattern and I don't like how it's going I can kind of just throw the pattern to the side with you know in some cases and just go, okay, I, I can, I know how to assemble like a jacket now and I can just do it. And that's been so freeing because it's like, I finally can just sew and I don't have to go through the tedium of reading instructions. Yeah. That really confuse me. It's like, I'm, I'm back in school trying to figure out math and it's like, I don't know what's right. going on. <laughs> right. We had a guest on a couple months ago. I don't know if you heard our episode with one of my friends, Ruby June, who is a photographer, model, director, like creative all around. Stylist. Yeah. Stylist. She's so multi-hyphenated. Right? And she is really into um, sewing as well and has made like a lot of clothing. I feel like you two would get along super well. She's very, she's just all around lovely and for a while and still is, is really into making bonnets. Like, (laughs) and like, that will be like a part of her ensemble. Like, it's just really precious. I want to meet her. This sounds lovely. She's so fun. She's so much fun. And like, she just, all of these things that like she does, like, it's incredible. Like she does them all well. Like, I just don't, I can't relate to that. So it's, it's unreal. But, um, but yeah, that's like, that's like the nice thing though, is that like, there's such, you know, even with us with American Girl or with like any sort of like craft or hobby, like I love that, you know, you can just go onto YouTube and like connect or Instagram and connect with people who are also into your hobby. Like if that had been around when we were kids, like that would have been a game changer. Oh, uh, truly. There was nothing that I wanted more than to have a group of friends who met with me weekly and we could like sew or knit a quilt like Molly and Kirsten did in their books. Like, yes. I, I- genuinely tried so hard with my friends and I feel bad for it now because I I don't know I I had I had so much free time being homeschooled and all I wanted to do was just knit or sew or bead or do some something creative with my hands like it was it's what I devoted most of my time to and so I was very much in like this mindset of like shouldn't everybody um be able to do these things too um and so I I just wanted my friends to understand the love of making a quilt but nobody nobody did (laughs) Uh, I wish I could transport back in time and location and quilt with you (laughs) truly truly we can make it right now it's totally yes we can have our quilting circle 
Uh, uh-huh. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sydney, getting into your first actual acquiring of American Girl dolls, yes. what was that like? How do you remember becoming aware of them? Um, and how did you come by your first doll? So my cousins had American Girls, but I don't think I was aware of them because I was the youngest, youngest cousin. Um, but we would get catalogs in the mail and I would cut them up and make stationery out of them. And I'm cringing now because it was like the early 2000s, late 90s catalogs that we now spend so much money for them on eBay. And I'm just sad <laughs> about this. Um, but I remember falling in love with the mini dolls and thinking that they were so cool. And I'm not quite sure where that love went, but it, my brain kind of cuts out to me being six years old and leading my grandma down to our basement um, in like November, December and like pulling out the the American Girl catalog that I had hidden and opening it to the page of Kirsten and just pointing to her and going, Grandma, this is the doll that I want for Christmas. <laughs> um, and I fell in love with Kirsten because uh, I, I didn't know the stories of any of the dolls, but Kirsten looked like Laura Ingalls just in that she she was a prairie girl. And at the time I had platinum blonde hair and bangs and I felt very close to Kirsten and um, aesthetically and so I was just in love with the idea of having my very own pioneer doll Um, so that's how that that's how it happened Um, that's how I asked my grandma for it and then that Christmas the long maroon box was under the tree Uh. and I opened her up it was this giant family gathering and all of the aunts and uncles and all the cousins were like oh it's an American girl doll and I was (laughs) like shell-shocked face so like shaking with excitement and I remember thinking how heavy the doll was and like how I mean at that time I had only really played with baby dolls and Barbies um and so I wasn't I'd never felt a doll like Kirsten where she wasn't lifelike, but she had such realism um, put into her outfit and her hair. And I just, she felt immediately like a friend and I was so excited. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so special. (laughs) So wonderful. And, you know, something you touched on there, I don't think we've ever talked about, you know, we've talked about the quality of course of American girl versus other dolls, but they did have some heft to them for sure that I feel like made them feel like more serious than just like a doll. You'd be like whipping around like with your friends, like, like these dolls felt substantial in some ways. Especially, especially the older dolls. Um, I I got Kirsten in 2004. And so she was kind of like the transitional Pleasant Company Mattel, like towards the end of that transition. Um, so she felt a lot like the dolls now. But as I got a little bit older and got into going onto eBay with my mom and buying older dolls, like I remember finding like a Josefina and I got an Addy in an antique store when I was like 11 and just like feeling her and like how heavy the vinyl was and how they were stuffed. I mean, it was just like, oh, this is like a very wonderfully like whole doll right here. Like she is just, she has a lot of weight to her. There's, this is a very meaningful thing. And this is so random, but I have to ask you, have either of you like ever done any customizing with dolls, especially with the Pleasant Company one where you've taken off their head and like unstuffed them no I've not had the pleasure (laughs) hey 
Leslie Company dolls have a very specific smell. And I once said that on my Instagram and like half the people were like, what the heck are you talking about? And the other people were like, I know, right? And I've never heard anyone talk about the smell. They do. And I can't describe it. But if you ever take off the head of a Pleasant Company doll and you smell like the the inside with the vinyl and the stuffing, like you will know. It is so nostalgic and unlike anything else you could ever imagine. Really? Oh my gosh. Wow. That's so interesting. Interesting. Well, so Lindsay is trying to rewig her Felicity. I wonder if you'll get a whiff when you do that. Yeah, right. Have you ever <laughs> rewigged a doll before, Sydney? So many dolls. I have. I under. I've listened to your podcast enough to understand you're you're waffling back and forth about <laughs> wigging or not not wigging your doll. Um, I I have done it many times because so many of my photo shoots revolve around recreating um, films and and illustrations and that sort of a thing. And so yeah all of dolls with no wigs on um, that I will just use in my photo shoots and I will pull from my wig stash and like do like a temporary ring of glue with like tacky glue and just glue on a wig um, and then I'll just rip it off at the end of the shoot and put the doll back on the wall. So wigging <laughs> is is not difficult. It's very simple. However, I understand you, uh, your your opinion of such a wonderfully thick wig <laughs> that's like super shiny and long on this doll it's right like, it's so weird it feels very strange right it's like I think that's where my hesitation is is that the hair just doesn't match the time period nice. and I don't know it's like do I just get another wig but then I'm kind of like, well, what do I do with the old wig? Like, it just seems like wasteful when there might be like a possibility of like styling it a bit differently or like kind of maybe taking some dry shampoo to it or doing something to make it a little bit more worn in than like the blowout that it will be giving her. But I really <laughs> want to do it. And I've been talking about it for so long. I feel like, Laura, we should just get on like Instagram live one night and I know. have a glass of wine and just <laughs> do it it's once like and for not- all. Yeah, like also when you do it, it it's not like you can't rewick her back to her old wig. Um, That's true. If you use like tacky glue, which I think most most people I've seen use, um, it's water soluble. Like meaning, like it, it will come off pretty pretty easily if you really douse it or if you just kind of pull. Like you should just go for it, and if you don't like it, eventually you can just put the old wig back on her, and it'll be fine. No one will know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god actually that's a really good point I could just put the old wig back on if it doesn't work out that's so true okay I haven't even like considered that I also feel like I need to just update that because I think a lot of people have heard me say that my dad was searching for my old dolls at my across the street neighbor's house so they were found um <laughs> well not all of them but what I believed was a Kaylee and a Kaya, both like Pleasant Company era, turned out to be actually a Kit and a Kaya, who Kit did not belong to me. That must have been one of their dolls. But there's like a moral conundrum with Kit because I'm like, if they don't want her, I, I can take her and I will clean her up and restore her. But I feel like I need to offer to give it back first. And then for <laughs> Kaya, though, she's definitely the one that was mine so I I'm a little bit hesitant to do anything myself and also she's a little bit too worse for the wear for I think me to handle on my own but I'm really excited to maybe send her into AG doll cleaning on Instagram and get her all fixed up 
Oh, I hope you do that. I was going to say that there are so many people like on AGIG who are amazing at restoring. And I would always recommend doing that route first, especially with a childhood doll, then send them to the doll hospital and just erase all those childhood memories with a new head. Right. Right. <laughs> I, love, I love that you're considering that because they do amazing work. It's actually incredible what they're able to do. The before and afters they post are so amazing and that's sort of like how I knew that it was probably possible to get my Kaya doll back to somewhat of her original glory because I like looked at the worst case scenarios on that page (laughs) 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 to see you know what what types of transformations were possible and this trust me when I say this is a worst case scenario so I had a I had a friend who had a Felicity um when we were both very young and she was gonna send her into the doll hospital because she had a like a black mark on her cheek and like a little bit frizzy hair. And I devised this plan with her that we were going to destroy this doll's head before sending her in because I I was so careful with my American girls growing up and so is she. And I think we had like all this pent up energy of like <laughs> seeing these girls just throw their dolls around and like destroy their hair and stuff. And we were thinking, okay, we're gonna be we're gonna be the bad guys tonight and we're just gonna like scribble on Felicity's face and her mom was like super nervous but she's like okay I mean we're sending the doll into the doll hospital anyway it makes sense but let me just go get a magic eraser and see if that that mark will come off and she came in and the mark came right off and it was like oh well I'm glad we didn't just destroy this Felicity for no reason because then my friend and I just went and like trimmed off the frizzy ends of her hair and she looked almost brand new so oh my god wow had a little a fun time with Felicity but um I'm I'm glad for the doll's sake that we did not destroy her head (laughs) that could literally be a YouTube video like watch us destroy a Felicity (laughs) oh my goodness but it is like a lot of pent-up care for younger kids you know to have to understand that you can't just like you know it's a lot of responsibility it is. I was very much a kid who did not take out Kirsten's braids for months and months and months. Um, and then when I did, I was so disappointed because her hair just kind of, it had like the the chewed back hairs that were like cut to make it perfect braids. But as soon as you let her hair out, you have like that hole in her head. <laughs> and so she just had like frizzy right half, frizzy right or left half and then no <laughs> Wow. You know, we recently learned that. Oh, wait, I think it was from you. It was at the Galentine's Day event. That is such an interesting fact about Kirsten that like, I don't think I ever came in contact with a Kirsten that had her braids out. So that's so interesting that they had like cut her hair in that way to make it perfect for the braids but for the braids but else uh, yeah any it, it feels so deceiving when you look at the old catalog photos and you see Kirsten in her birthday dress and like her hair is out and it looks so nice and pretty <laughs> and then any kid who tries to emulate it it's like oh I just ruined my doll <laughs> totally I remember noticing that about my girl of today with the two ponytails like immediately oh. I was like what's going on back here this is different <laughs> that is so funny so you acquired Kirsten for Christmas that year do you remember in what succession you received your other dolls Mm. well I'm trying to think because I remember I got Samantha next um because I immediately after getting Kirsten my mom read 
meet Kirsten with me and my brother. And then I went to the library and I checked out every AG book, every audio book there was. And I listened to everything. Like I, I, within a couple of months um, into 2005, I knew the American girl canon, like back, back to front. Cause <laughs> that's just what I spent my time doing. And I wanted Samantha because the Samantha movie had just come out. And so I saved up and I, I worked, I did like chores and all of that sort of a thing. And I remember being so excited when I finally told my mom that I had like the $85 or $90, whatever it was at the time. And we ordered her and I got her in the mail. And then that night we watched the Samantha movie because that had just come in from the library. Wow. Maybe it was Netflix's mailing service that like their, their DVD mailing service at the time. So that was exceedingly special. And after that, a friend of mine gave me her Molly, which I was shocked by, but this Molly had been through the ringer. Like she was pure, pure frizz. She was one of those transitional Mollies with no face paint. I, she was, she was kind of a sad girl, but of course I was thrilled. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, like I have the first three American Girl dolls that were ever made. What are the odds that these are going to be the first, the first thing I have? Wow. After that, I really became obsessed with saving every penny, like asking my parents every day, what can I do? (laughs) What odd jobs do you have? I would wash cars for my grandparents. I would work in my aunt's yard. Like I just saved every cent because I, I wanted as many of the original historical characters as I could have because they all felt like friends. Every time I read a, like one of their series over again, she became my new favorite person and my new favorite character. And I was just obsessed with the idea of having all of them together in my house as like this family. And that took me many, many, many years. Um, but I I would go to antique stores and like doll shows with my mom as like a seven or eight year old. And I would always be on the lookout for an American girl. And I found a couple that way. And I was it was always so thrilling. So, so, so thrilling. Oh, wow. Oh, and how old were you when you completed the historical collection? I would like the original eight. I I think I was 12 or 13 is when I completed it because I remember I think Kaya was my last girl to get and my dad had won her at like a school fundraising auction for me and um, I don't even remember the occasion. I think it was one of those those like this there there isn't any kind of celebration but we just love you gifts, which makes her like so much more meaningful to me. And I just, I fell in love with her. Um, so I think, I think I was around 12 or 13. Wow. That wow. is so beautiful. I'm so happy that you completed your collection. And now you had a duplicate of one of your dolls, Samantha. Yes. Um, <laughs> which yes. I would love for you to share a little bit about this. And for our listeners here today, you could also check out Sydney's YouTube channel where you could see the reaction um, of receiving this doll. But Sydney, do you want to share a little bit about your story with your second Samantha? Absolutely. Since I'd been collecting dolls for about like seven or eight years at this point, I was around 13 or 14 and I had told my mom for the last year, I I desperately want a white body American girl. And I think I want a white body Samantha. For those unfamiliar, what exactly is a white body American girl doll? 
white body American girls were the first iteration of these dolls and they had white cloth bodies for Molly, Samantha, and Kirsten. And then when Felicity came around in 1991, Pleasant realized, oh, these this doll is going to have lower cut dresses. We can't have like the skin tone be one thing and then the, the fabric be white. And so these older dolls are much rarer and at the time I, I had collected all of like the eight American girls and I desperately wanted part of American girl history um a white body of my own and they're pretty expensive now now you can find them I mean they can be upwards of like thousands of dollars if they have pleasant signature on them but uh. I, wasn't, I wasn't that ambitious just wanted one of my own and I'd been looking, but they were they were a few hundred dollars, and that was way outside of my my budget and like what I thought was my parents' budget. But that Christmas, my mom told me shut my eyes. I closed them, um, and my brother pulled out his camera and he started videoing me. My mom handed me this giant basket that was all wrapped up, and I had no idea what was inside. And I started opening it, and I realized that this basket was part of an American Girl traveling kit. Um, I think that's what it was called. Yes. 90s it, it had like a, a duster um for a dress or a jacket um, yeah. like a little pouch and the basket and I had been dying for this forever and I thought that was the gift and I was just like over the moon and so I started unwrapping it and I'm like oh I love this I'm so excited and then I feel inside the basket and it's like a doll <laughs> like oh and I start taking her out and I look at her and I look at my mom and I pull her out and I'm like is she is she and I open like I pull up her dress. <laughs> it's like it's a white body. I was so excited. Oh my gosh. And I still I have her, of course, and I love her so much. She is gorgeous. And those dolls were built differently than the newer American girls. Their lashes are so long and soft. Their hair is just beautiful. Like everything about them is is a work of art. And I, I love, love, love them. Wow. So technically. If I'm cor- if I'm thinking correctly, the only white body American Girl dolls that could exist would have to be Samantha, Kirsten, or Molly because Felicity was like the Renaissance of the the tan body. So yes, I think I don't know if this is like a, a just a tale that I heard at some point, but I believe there might have been a couple. Felicity that made it out there that shouldn't have. I don't know. Someone might call me out and say that's not true. But I believe I heard that either on a forum or on like a Facebook group at some point where there were a few Felicities, but it was primarily just the first three. And then when Felicity came out, uh, they changed everything up. Wow. Uh, Well, what a fun memory of like getting your ideal doll and having it caught all on camera. We'll link the video in our show notes (laughs) so our followers can watch as they listen (laughs) it is honestly like it's just pure joy like captured on film it is the sweetest and I loved hearing you retell the story too from your perspective that's like an incredible gift and I love that your brother is narrating it did he get involved in AG in any way like he listened to the Kirsten books with you like did he support your interest yes my brother I we fought so much as kids and I we were very different um but he was the most supportive brother there possibly could have been with my American girl passion my best friend and I would put on the American girl circle of friends uh play in my basement every year for my birthday for I think 3 years in a row when I was like 8 9 10 and my brother would do our lighting cues for us he Pull out. He had an old film projector because he's he's a he's a videographer and editor. He's always loved film. He he got like a 16 millimeter film projector when he was like 11, 
And he pulled out this old film reel that he played during like Kit's moment, um, her her song. He played like Papa and like Uncle Guard in our play. Um, and he he's done, I mean, he's done so many things for me over the years. When I was 14, I think it was my 14th birthday. And this is also on my YouTube. He reached out to a bunch, like as many as he could find, uh, cast members of the Review and Circle of Friends. And he made a Facebook page and he said, it's my sister's 14th birthday and she's the biggest fan of these shows. If anyone is willing to wish her a happy birthday, please let me know because I'm putting together this birthday video for her. And I died. I mean, I could not believe that he did that wow. for me. One of my favorite things. I think he got like five or six people who are in the shows to like sing me songs from the show. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so incredible. I know. He's such a sweet brother. Yeah, he's, he's the very best. So he he still helps me um with my account. Like if I because he's he's better at editing and all of that than I am. He's very, very, very good. And so whenever I'm like, I don't know how to do this, he's like, All right, let me let me take over for you. Oh, oh my goodness. That is incredible. <laughs> I love that he's like played a role in your American Girl journey, even just as like a supporting character. Like he he seems like he's such a supportive, nice brother. I, I adore him so much. And I'm <laughs> sorry that I was so mean to you as a child. <laughs> we both knew how to push each other's buttons, but he was always there. <laughs> and going back to, you know, how you were sort of acquiring your dolls were you also acquiring different outfits for them yes so I as soon as I learned about all of the characters after I read all the books I realized going on American Girls website oh a lot of this stuff doesn't exist anymore. And so my mom and I found a website called um, Complete Guide to American Girl Doll Collecting. And this was an or a website run by a man called, I think, Kurt Danhauser. And he created a website um, and kept it updated, I think, until 2009 with every single thing American Girl has ever come out with from the beginning to the end um, up until that point. And so that became my Bible as a, as a seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-old kid. I obsessively learned every part of American Girl's history because he wrote up like blog posts about different elements of the brand. Um, and I quickly just learned, oh, they make girl size dresses and they don't do that anymore. Let's put a watch on that on eBay, mom. Yeah. Um, everything from the Hallmark items that they used to make, every every part, like I learned the different versions of like Kirsten's kittens and how I believe, I believe they were originally made with like real fur, which I'm glad American Girl changed that. But like, that was something that that they made and then they came up with newer versions. Um, like American Girl had so many different versions that they came out with over the years. And I had a lot of fun figuring out uh, what what era each each item was. And so that, that was just my whole world. And I, I loved I loved it so much. And my mom would even get me like older catalogs and like the old calendars and we would pour over those together. And every time I went to a thrift store, I would always go to the toy section, always hoping for a doll. And I actually found one. This is very funny because you you said that um, my white body was my second Samantha, but she was actually my third. Oh. When I was 10 or 11, I went to a Goodwill. I ran back to the doll section and there was a perfectly fully dressed, perfect condition Samantha doll for five dollars. What? What? Five dollars. <laughs> and I. Oh my god. 
I tried to play it cool. I was just like, oh, oh, I can't make a scene. I can't, but I just, like, I, I, just, I grabbed her and I like hugged her. And then I walked to my mom and I was like, I can't. And so she, she was twins with my Sam for, for quite a while. <laughs> that is oh. absolutely amazing. Oh, wow. It's crazy to me. Um, Just, I love seeing when people anywhere find an American girl at the thrift store because it's like they're giving new life to this doll that had its own yeah. with its original owner and now they they get to be reloved so I love right? that totally Definitely. and at, at such an accessible price point too yeah. Yeah. um right you know that's love important. that that's an opportunity for you know someone who maybe like normally wouldn't be seeking out a hundred dollar doll I know when I go to Goodwill now I always head to the toy section and to the book section to yes. see if I can find any American right? girl stuff <laughs> oh my god the book section especially I mean I feel like this might be sacrilegious for most American girl lovers but I've come across many um thrifted American girl books that are in really bad condition and so what I've come to start doing is I will cut out the illustrations and then I'll frame them and I've just started doing it so um if there's any character whose illustrations you adore and you want like to make a little American Girl gallery wall I feel like that's the best way to do it that is such a good idea and the illustrations are so beautiful too so it's like yeah. they literally are artwork that can absolutely hang in a home like and some of them are just like evoke such a feeling of like childhood and nostalgia too like I'm thinking of like images of like Samantha scraping her knee or like of her birthday like that are coming to mind and oh my gosh yes I'm gonna be on the lookout I also used to have like the entire anthology of Samantha books in like one big bound Mm -hmm. edition and I'm like, maybe I should just look for those on eBay and like buy up as many characters as I can and just like have the arsenal. But I also love like the little individual paperback ones too. Every every version is special. I love them all. Yeah. Um, and now right. like you referencing you referencing Samantha, did you know that her series was written by three different authors? Really? I, I didn't know that, but I saw that Valerie Tripp, who I assumed wrote the entire series, only wrote about half of them like I think she had three or four books do you know who the other authors were no not off the top of my head um I would if I I grabbed because I have the books but I wanted to ask you that guys this because I think I think it's the first two books are written by one author and the second two or the like third and fourth are written by one and then the fifth and sixth are written by Valerie as what I remember I don't know or maybe the fourth through the sixth are written by Valerie anyway it's it's so interesting to me and I've always wondered why like what happened? <laughs> Why? <She had> a- <laughs> Why? Because Meet Samantha is really good, and Samantha learns lesson is really good too. Um, it's just so strange to me. I wonder if the author was just like, I don't want to work with Ag anymore. If they were like, we don't like the direction she's going, because Samantha's stories kind of have an arc. Um, they're mm-hmm. a little disappointed, but like it's there. So I just, I'm so curious about that. Susan Adler is the she- name. Susan S. Adler is the name of the first samantha book author and i don't really see that she's like written a lot of other books interesting i know i thought that i i was the only one who didn't know that that um it had been three authors because i always thought there were two um but i recently learned that it was three and that that just shocked me so very interesting and and i thought that it was just one i just assumed (laughs) valerie wrote them all so i i thought it was valerie too up until a few years ago so it's yeah (laughs) 
That's so interesting. Sydney, going (laughs) back to the clothing for AG, what were some of the items that you most coveted or what are some of your favorite outfits for the dolls, whether they were historical or more of the modern outfits? Some of my favorites were anything Kirsten wore, like her birthday dress. I just adored. I loved it so much um, that my mom made me her her birthday dress my size um, so that I could match oh. my best friend because her mom made Kirsten's dress in her size. So that one always meant so, so, so much to me. Kit's birthday dress, I always adored. I loved that one. And then anything that Addie had, actually, I loved, especially because I knew that her mom canonically sewed the dresses for her. And I felt that tie with my own mom. And I just wanted everything that Addie had. I mean, all of her dresses were just gorgeous. So, so, so beautiful. But I I wanted to ask both of you, if you could wear a dress today, like unashamedly, like you would wear it in public because you love it that much. Which American girl outfit would you wear? Felicity summer dress. Felicity summer dress. (laughs) I couldn't say that fast enough. I, (laughs) Laura and I ranked every outfit in the catalog prior to us having this podcast, we would meet each week just to talk about American Girl and look through the catalog together for months on end. And the first time we went through the catalog, we just discussed it, you know, talked about each page. And then the second time we went through it, we ranked all of the outfits in each collection. Like, okay, this is Felicity's best dress. And then we went in again for the third time. I think this is the order where we ranked every dress in our outfit in the entire a collection of like I think it was like meat outfit against meat outfit yes like between the different characters Uh, (laughs) I wish we had this on like uh I know recorded we were we were so scientific about it it was it was crazy um maybe your answers have changed like over time now that you know the characters more I know that Felicity's summer dress is at the top still but like I would love to hear you all or to hear you both pitting each dress against the next and just your reasonings (laughs) for why of each category love it but Felicity's summer dress is one of the best um and it it reminds me because we were talking about this earlier reminds me of my wedding because while my wedding dress was not inspired by anything American girl my reception dress was inspired by Felicity's summer gown um I hand I hand painted the sash um my mom and I sewed the dress together uh, I don't know have you either of you seen any photos Yes, I have seen that on your Instagram. And I like was wondering how I was like, did she get her hands on like an adult size (laughs) one? Like, because I wasn't sure like if it was, it looks so much like the summer dress. I was like, this must be like a real product of American Girl. Like, it's so on point, honestly. It is like it's not historical, um, historically accurate to the 1700s. I I did an 1850s ish version of Felicity's summer dress because I just liked that style so much. But it's white gown with the blue um, trim on the sleeves and the sash, and I just it was it was so much fun to covertly cosplay as an American girl um during my wedding because nobody nobody knew except for uh, my childhood best friend who came. She's like, uh huh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Oh Which my goodness. That so is stunning. It was so stunning. And like, I mean, you, I mean, you've done so many like 
adult-sized, like, versions of the dresses that I've loved, but that one is just, like, it feels so good to see it on a person because, like, it needs to be worn. Like, it is begging to be worn. <laughs> I, Lindsay, I think that this is your next, like, this is your your inaugural sewing project. You should make Felicity Summer Gown for yourself because it's, it's a very simple style if you find, like, the right pattern very simple and then you just have to find like a sash or or paint it or commission someone to paint it and you're golden yeah well I have almost a full year to work on this before the next dress like an ag day which (laughs) I would love to get into this is the perfect segue um Sydney can you tell us a bit about how this came to be and kind of the inspiration behind it so on on AGIG, I have noticed in the last few years, especially, that adults are wanting to dress like their dolls more, but they they feel either sheepish or self-conscious about it. And I have gotten many Instagram messages and comments of people saying, like, how do you feel so confident dressing like your doll? Or I wish I could do that. And my response is always like, you can, it's totally okay. Um, and I think that with the pandemic, so many people started getting back into their love for American Girl and like just their childhood loves in general. And society has become significantly more accepting of um, people who have that inner child and want to uh, display it out and about and not hide it, which I love. And I one day just thought, well, why don't we just have a day on on American Girl Instagram where everyone shares an outfit where they're dressing like a doll and it could be a historical or girl of the year or a girl of today. Anything goes. You can have something slightly inspired by a character and like just wear a little heart necklace that looks like Molly's locket or you can just go full out dressing identically to Felicity with like the stays and like the the period accurate shoes and hair. Anything goes. And I was honestly expecting like 20 or 30 people to join in with me and I think we got like five or six hundred which I was shocked by oh my goodness it was absolutely incredible to see the community come together like that I had all intentions to partake and didn't get my act together in time and (laughs) Cindy I can't even tell you the FOMO that I had I was just like I need I need to pull it together for next year and I think this is a perfect project this is absolutely amazing how you kind of rallied the agig community to partake in this like everyone just looks so joyful and it was so incredible to see everyone's creativity oh absolutely i was i was so surprised by the ways people were pulling in um different elements of characters or even just like saying you know i don't have anything that matches my doll but i'm gonna have my doll dressed like me and i love there was one, I believe, a nurse who was like in scrubs and she had her doll wearing scrubs because she had to go to work and she couldn't like be on AGIG that day. And she's like, well, we're going, going to work together. And it was it delighted me to no end. And I just I want I want people to feel comfortable, like ex- just just showing off who they are and, you know, wearing whatever they want, being who exactly exactly who they are in every way. And if you want to dress like Kirsten please go for it. Nothing is holding you back. It's totally okay. And if you don't want to like be around your friends, just go on like a weekend and like take your doll with you and go on a picnic in a field and dress like Kirsten and like read a book and you're going to have so much fun. Like it's, it's going to be wonderful no matter what. Oh, yes. I couldn't agree with that more. And to your point, like, I love that people participated in, like, varying levels of, like, commitment to making it exactly, like, AG. Like, 
I love that people still participated, even if they just had like a skirt that looked like Molly or like a sweater mm -hmm. that looked like Kit. Like it really was like so inclusive of like any manifestation you wanted to approach in dressing like an American girl. So I'm I'm with Lindsay. I, I got to get on board for next year. I am so torn about who I'd want to be, but I feel like Samantha is like my logical first step. So, you know, it's time for us to start working on it, Lindsay. Right? Truly. <laughs> very, very excited to see what you both come up with. Laura, do you oh, know what that's your um, drawn towards? So in terms of like ones I'm drawn to, I'm very drawn to like her birthday dress and her holiday dress the like maroon with the lace like I loved that dress I feel like I would have to like go with her meat dress though because it's just like so iconic and identifiable um so I'd probably start with that one just so I could like cross that off my list like wouldn't you, you just know. love to build up a collection where every year you just decide to make a new Samantha dress for yourself or you commission someone and then like at the end of a decade, you just have everything from Samantha's collection in your side. Yes, literally <laughs> I would love like even like the smaller like things like her white party dress that's not yes. like affiliated with a story. I love that one too. Um, Or like her chore dress even is so cute with like the little like smock that goes over it. Ugh would love to make any of those your collection expand <laughs> yes I need a second closet <laughs> <laughs> what American girl outfits have you created for yourself so I haven't made very many outfits that are identical to his like to the AG historical outfits partly because I want to feel very comfortable wearing them out and about just comfortably meaning like I have a certain style of clothing that I love wearing um, that doesn't constrict me and that I can wear with like certain bras and whatever. And so I made Felicity's school dress, Felicity's summer dress and her apron. I made a version of Felicity's meat dress. And then I didn't make something that was really inspired by Kirsten's collection, but I got my hands on some fabric I found on Spoonflower that was very similar to Kirsten's meat dress fabric. And I made like this little baby doll smock dress that I wore all last summer. And I actually wore it um, as my getting ready dress when I was getting ready for my wedding. And it was just, ah. it was so fun. Like incorporating little things like that just made the day so much better. So yeah. I have made a few things. Um, but I have like a long list of stuff that I, that, that I want to make, um, still like kids, kids birthday dress is at the top. I want to make that dress so badly or something oh, yeah. very similar to it. Oh my god. That goodness. one is so great. I, I think I saw also on your Instagram that you made Molly's birthday dress, which is one of my favorites. So that one's actually pleasant company. Um, I, I was lucky enough that my mom wonderfully, just went on eBay from the time I was because I was into American Girl for so long from the time I was like seven to basically 15 or 16 like anytime she found an American Girl outfit in girl size that was a good deal she bought it um and so I like in her basement there's just this giant bin full of American Girl outfits that I can mostly still fit into <laughs> and Molly's birthday dress was one of them and I love wow. that I mean, it makes sense because it looks perfect. So, I mean, that's incredible that she was able to track down, like, 
a pleasant company version. Ugh. Right now, Sydney, we had Harry Hill on recently and he shared that you helped him track down the floral fabric for his kit costume for Halloween uh, this past year. And he said that it was the exact floral <laughs> fabric. And I don't know if you're able to share this, but could you tell us how you source this? So I, I have a friend who is an amazing uh, graphics designer and I told her that I wanted to make a couple like American Girl inspired things for myself. Um, and I asked her if she could make any prints that were inspired by the historical characters. And I gave her like a couple different prints to choose from. And um, she just, she made kits perfectly. And so, wow. You know, and I wasn't planning on sharing it with any, anybody or anything out there just because, you know, copyright reasons and, and all of that. But like when Harry was like, I'm doing this, it's like, all right, I can, I can send you some, some fabric. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh yeah. It was, it was so fun. And I'm, I'm thrilled with how his look came out. I mean, he was the most perfect kit I have ever seen for Halloween like both him and like he was Samantha a few years ago that was amazing but the kit look so put together I I believe it was right? on the yeah on the AG fan club podcast when I was interviewing him um he said he wanted to look like he was like walking onto the AG like kit movie set and not have anyone blink an eye like he just fit in perfectly and I I think he accomplished that very well hearing him walk through the process of like going to I think Sally Hirschberger for the wig like it was yes. immaculate every bit of that outfit was just perfection Agree entirely <laughs> and then, I love him <laughs> right he is the absolute best and I love that he said that Billie Eilish had liked his post on TikTok I didn't see that that's so cool that's so cool Oh my gosh. Looking forward to his Halloween costumes yearly from now on after the past couple American Girl ones he's done have just been so amazing. <laughs> Sydney, if you're able to share, how many dolls do you have in your possession currently? In my possession currently? That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, I haven't counted in like a very long time because... First, I have I have dolls that American Girl has sent me because when I work with them, I need pristine looking dolls. So I have kind of a collection of those in my studio. Um, but the ones that I have personally acquired, I would guess it's in the range of like 60 to 70 over the last many years, because whenever I see one for a very cheap price, um, I will snatch it up because I use them so thoroughly in my recreations on my Instagram account that right. they... they um, I, I still like I don't abuse my dolls, but they will they will fall into the water. Like if I'm doing an ocean shot, like they will they will <laughs> they plan into the concrete, like they get scuffed up. Um and I never like I, I always keep the ones that are scuffed up because I can use them for like background dolls or that sort of a thing. But um yes, I've I have acquired quite quite the amount. Um and it just I always feel very sheepish saying that, but no. That- it's you incredible. Know. It's, imp- it's, it's so incredible. impressive. Are there any that you don't have that you want? <laughs> I how you asked that. Um, yes, I actually don't have Elizabeth. I don't have Elizabeth. And I the reason why is at the time I was very pissed off that American Girl came out with Elizabeth and changed her canon appearance. Because in the first Felicity books that came out in the 90s, she had brown hair and brown eyes. And right. then they came out with a movie and she had blonde hair, blue eyes. And I was just so upset about that. So I didn't like her, didn't want her. But now I, I like Elizabeth. I think she's very cute. My my disdain for her has worn off over the years. 
<laughs> so I would I would love an Elizabeth. Um, and I'd also like a Marisol because I don't have Marisol. Oh, so. yes. Marisol was a girl of the year, I think, right as I was starting to like sort of veer away from American Girl before I of course inevitably returned but I remember like looking at her pages in the catalog and thinking she looked really cool and I'm pretty sure there was like a girl of today mix and match outfit we posted on our Instagram like where you could sort of buy like five like key pieces and make like a million outfits out of it and someone was like they used that little knit cap for Marisol like later on. So, so great. Yeah. No, I know Marisol <laughs> has is um has recycled some of their pieces over the years, but I think it's very fun that Marisol got that that vintage look. <laughs> yes. Right? And it looks so good in like the way that they like styled it on her too. Sydney, was there ever a time where you phased out of American Girl? And if so, like what brought you back into it? When I was like 20. 12, I would say all of my friends had outgrown American Girls and I still had them up in my room and I still very much loved them and I, I was quite quite in love with all the characters as much as I ever was but I felt very lonely in my love for them and I didn't know how to go forward and I was just thinking do I have to sell my dolls now like what what do I do and I remember my mom at this time being very sad because you know she was still in love with the childhood that I grew up, you know, loving these American girls. And she didn't want that that phase of my life to pass either. But that summer, I was kind of conflicted. And I remember going onto YouTube and finding an Instagram account called Stevens Woda Dancer. And the creator's name was Sarah. And she was a college student, I believe, going to school for dance. And she just had the biggest American girl collection I'd ever seen. I think she had like 50 or 60 dolls and she made stop motions with her American girls and she was customizing her dolls and she was doing all of these like things that were never heard of at the time. This was like 2009, 2010 and nobody had ever customized an American girl before. And she was like making Bella from Twilight and doing all of these things. And I just realized, oh, there are, there are adults and people who are older than me who love these dolls and who play with them but don't like play with them like you did when you were a kid they're actually like incorporating them into their lives and like she would make dance stop motion videos of her dolls because she was in dance and like like her dolls just kind of grew up with her and that gave me so much hope and I just had like this newfound passion for American Girl and it was like I am going to love these dolls until I die and so that's kind of how that boosted me into uh my teen years but I will say around that time too I discovered an American Girl doll collecting forum called AG Playthings, and you had to be 13 or older to join. And I remember on my 13th birthday, I made a YouTube account, a Facebook account, an American Girl Playthings account. And yes, I, I just I was in love with like all of the adult collectors on there. They were so welcoming and it was everybody aged my like 13 to 70 or 80 years old just talking about their love for American Girl and that just locked me in for life I was so in love that's incredible oh wow that's so wonderful and also just like such a you know going back to what you were saying about a time period where you felt a little bit self-conscious maybe about being so into it it's like you know, it's so tough, like, because I think we all feel that way at one time or another about different interests we have as kids. And like, that's the thing I like love about this community so much is that everybody is allowed to enjoy American Girl in whatever way they 
feel connected to it. And it's just like such a safe space, I feel like, to be interested. And I hope that, you know, I hope we're progressing as a society in a way where like, you don't have to necessarily navigate like those things as difficultly as like we may have when we were kids. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so in agreement. And I'm, I've been thinking like now that I'm married and we're going to have kids someday, hopefully um, I've been thinking no matter if I have a boy or a girl or, or whoever um, I definitely want to introduce them to American girls and the stories, because I think, I mean, my brother enjoyed them and I feel like they are our stories for people, not just for young girls. Um, right. I, I, I love that about the brand and the company. And I think that it's it's very exciting to think of the new generation who are gonna love American girls right so true I love that sentiment so much and continuing on the love of AG and I'm so happy that you were able to find that community that gave you a look a bit further than what you were used to you know growing up with American girl and seeing how it can continue to progress and the AG community is truly so wonderful and I feel like we've learned such great insights and formed such strong like immediate friendships with so many people it's like amazing to see like the support and love and creativity of so many incredible people in the community I'm I'm so grateful for both of you creating this podcast and getting so many adults like back into American Girl and just inspiring their love again for these these characters and these dolls because again I feel like so many people as we've gotten older you just feel like you have to put that chapter away even though it brings us so much joy like you know anybody who I talk to who had American Girls growing up no matter what their age like they never look unhappy when I bring up the brand even if they don't actively still like participate in the community or have like their dolls are at their parents house or whatever they're always like oh yeah I had this doll and that was so much fun and I love the magazine and I used to have birthday parties and you know they'll, they'll talk about it and it's like if if you've still want that part of your life you don't have to give it up and that's right. okay there's, there's a community out there who you know adores this brand as much as you do and yeah that's it's very much still alive it's incredible and it's like growing up I also used to collect these little bear figurines called cherished teddies if you're familiar I probably would be I, if I saw them I actually kind of want to look them up they're look very up. cute <laughs> they're they're very sweet looking they're yes. kind of I had stickers of them. (laughs) (laughs) I have such sweet faces for those listening in. They were sold primarily at Hallmark and each cherished teddy would have its own little themed outfit. It would have a name and I loved collecting them. And I haven't talked to like a single soul who also collected them other than my cousin growing up. We both absolutely adored them and they're very like wholesome and they're so sweet looking and they're in these beautiful like kind of old timey clothing and I was part of their like club like I was a member in their club (laughs) (laughs) I had a I had a membership Um, and when like the creator of them came to my local mall for a release of a bear I went and had it signed. Like I put myself out there, but there wasn't a strong community for them. Like there wasn't much to them, right? Like they didn't have stories. They didn't have different accessories to them. Like you would just purchase the bears, but it's incredible to see like 
American Girl and how like deep the connections go with all of the different facets of the brand that like if I met someone who had cherished teddies today, we would probably talk about it for like five minutes tops. Like I can't remember what they were. Actually, I can kind of remember what their names were. I I really <laughs> want to do one of those like videos that I've seen people do it with Beanie Babies where they have like their partner or like whoever's in the room with them holding the beanie baby and like looking at the tag and then they have to name them all. Yes, like, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like I really, really want to do that with the cherished teddies. And I probably have like 40 of them. Like, Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Lindsay, you should <laughs> do that. Right. You absolutely should. I actually oh. brought, I actually brought one back to New York with me. Um, the first one I ever got, her name was Mindy and she's a ballerina. She's <laughs> literally so cute. I have her here with me in I would Brooklyn. have loved her. I would have loved her so much. <laughs> like, I think I had both a, a, yes, I had a card, a birthday card that my grandma gave to me as a kid with her on it. it I think oh it was, yeah, I think it was Mindy on it. Um, and I also had stickers with these, with these on them. So oh my I, goodness. And I had no idea who they were or what they were, but I, I had <laughs> a little bit of cherished teddies in my life. They're so cute. Oh They're really not even like expensive to like acquire. No, they were like 10, $15. So like easy enough to like put my babysitting sure. money towards Ooh. and I would get them on like special occasions. I think I got Mindy for a dance recital and okay. I would get them at like random moments. I remember my mom came back from <laughs> actually I'll have to have my mom verify this. I remember my mother going to Holland when I was growing up and she came back with a Dutch cherished teddy but now that I'm thinking about it, there's no way she got that in the Netherlands, right? Like, I don't know if Cherish Teddy ex- like if they existed over there. Or if she yeah, just, she, there, she mean, probably there is, just right. <laughs> she probably just got went to like the Hallmark store and bought it. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, you gotta find out. Right. Go to the source. Go to the source. <laughs> I know, mom. Please confirm. Oh but yeah, goodness. like needless to say, I don't think there is a community quite as strong. I think the AG community is so unique and just so special. And I feel just so honored to be a part of it with American Girl Women. It's really incredible. I know. It's so fun. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I wanted to ask both of you, do you know much about the American Girl Club that they had both in like the 1990s, which I believe was called the Historical Society, and then it turned into the American Girls Club, and then that went away when Mattel took over, and then they had just American Girls Club, which was an online website. I think about it now, and I'm so regretful I could have had a membership where you could play games and earn stars and then put those stars towards real merchandise. Oh my That's God. incredible. What? That is incredible. Yes, you guys, wow. I need to talk to someone who just remembers this so vividly because all like all I want, I don't, I don't really want to time travel. I've talked about this on my Instagram before. I don't think like history is a good place to go back to, but if I could time travel anywhere, I would go back to like, like 2003 American girl store. And I'd go see both review and circle of friends. And then I would go and get a membership to the American Girls Club and just play the games for like as long as I could. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I I would love to play those games just to like see what they were like, you know? Right? 
Oh my God. That's so interesting. No, I had no idea that existed. I mean, I've seen the American girls club in like the catalogs from the nineties with all of like the different items that are included, which, Mm -hmm. you know, they have like, I think a newsletter, they had that bracelet and a few other items that seemed really fun. I was never a part of it. I did have the American Girls Club handbook though, which I loved. I had that too. And it's it was just the best. Both that and the party book that they made for the historical uh, Yes. Nothing. Yes. I still oh my gosh. have an American Girl party where I just make all the different kinds of crafts and I decorate the whole house exactly how the, the books uh, prescribe. And then I have all my friends over and we can just dress like historical characters and have a, uh. a great time. Let yes. us know when. Okay, let's <laughs> it would, do it. <laughs> it would be a dream to like be able to have a big enough area where you could like create little American Girl like vignettes, like based on oh, the parties book. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like this corner of the house is like Josefina's, and you have like all of her different party decorations. And then over there, you have like a little tent set up, like because Molly's theme was all camp, I believe. In yes. The book. And you could have like her her camp invitations and like the flashlight <sighs> party favor, like whatever it is. I would love that. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That would be so cool. That's why, like, I just need someone to call upon us to like help put on an event. And I feel like we already have the ideas, like, we're ready to go. <laughs> I love that American girl tried so many different things out. Like it seemed like there were like a lot of like test and learn moments at AG. Like they were trying to figure out what sticked and you know, what wasn't the vibe. Like there are so many things in the nineties that kind of came and went pretty quickly, but it was always exciting to see like what the newness was or like the mini rooms, which weren't around during my AG era, but since discovered and things like that, where it's just really cool to, you know, see all of like the different things that they've tried over the years and the iterations of the AG club sound really cool. I would not have been able to control myself knowing that I could get points and then like being able to exchange it for merch that's incredible I know and I was thinking about their bedroom line that they made for girls Mm. have either of you gone like on the way back machine and looked up the American Girl website from the 90s and early 2000s I haven't, I, but I love the Wayback Machine. So I'm yeah, definitely going to. So I was going to say, I feel like we did that for something, Lindsay, but maybe it we, was an American girl. We did it for Britney Spears's website. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. If anyone is out there has any interest, like Britney used to keep a blog about like oh, her tour schedule, but it was like super casual. Like no one was like looking this over twice before she hit publish. It's very fascinating. The way back machine just coming in clutch with that one. That is a oh beautiful my thing. gosh. I love that. Yes. Yeah, I I feel like I mean I don't I wasn't on the internet very much as a kid other than the American Girl website. Um um unfortunately I feel like I could have found a lot of fun blogs and things in the early 2000s but the website I was on religiously as a kid and I think I found the Wayback Machine when I was like 11 or 12 and if you go back to like the 90s it's very glitchy because there's a lot of dead links but you will be able to find some like of the American Girl Today girl gear and like some spring collections and like the 
just random things that you wouldn't think American Girl would sell um, are like on that website. And it is so much fun to see how much they cost and like what it was that they came out with. And I, it is a joy. It is a joy. If you have a couple hours sometime to just peruse, I think you will fall in love and wish that you had bought all of these things in your past life. <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't wait to do this. Yeah, this is going to be so amazing. Like, I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner. I mean, like, I wasn't on the internet much until I was, like, maybe, like, 12 or 13 that it was, like, hard to pivot into living on the computer. But I remember, like, knowing that there were some of my friends whose parents were not calling on the phone to order (laughs) their American Girl stuff. Like, I remember, like, like you know, like doing like chores or whatever, like getting rewarded for some milestone in life with something from the American Girl uh, catalog and like wanting to watch my mom call them to order it. Like, <laughs> and just like sitting there like this, like yeah, while she yeah, called. Oh, I love that memory so much, Laura. <laughs> so I've never like, I've never like really engaged with the website until like after the fact but like I would love to see what what it was looking like back then it is it is so fun I you two will have quite quite a fun time wow (laughs) I absolutely cannot wait and I have like a very clear memory of what American Girl looked like when I first got on to the internet I think that was still just at the end of my AG era where I was probably around 11 or 12. No, I was probably around 11 when like I started getting into the internet, which apparently my parents had forever. My mom was telling me recently that she had internet in the 80s and what? like yeah, like ordered ahead of the times. Right? I love that. I am like baffled by this, but she said she placed an order online for coffee in the 80s and wasn't sure it was going to arrive. We were talking about American Girl and having to order things by catalog seems so strange now. Like you're just putting in like a check or your credit card number onto the order form and you don't know if it's going to arrive. Like what if that gets lost in the mail? You know, like you're kind of just waiting for something. It may or may not come. And my mom was like, yeah, like I strongly felt that when I placed my first internet order of coffee, I think it was like in maybe Hawaii, she said, I can't remember, but it's wild to think about the evolution of shopping online or in catalogs. But I had gone to the American Girl website but more so I remember going to like websites that sold American girl clothing, like that people created and looking at all of the different options. I also loved this website growing up. I wonder if any of our listeners are familiar with it. It was called purple moon, which was this interactive website that was geared toward young girls. And they had all of these different characters that you would follow along in the website, but you also were able to like chat amongst the people on there and make friends, but also like do games. And it was so, it feels like another lifetime ago, but my friend and I loved it. It's very cute. Like I would have had a lot of fun on this website. It was really cute. I don't even like know what company that was. I don't know how anyone like found out about like websites 
yeah. at that point. You know, it was so totally different time. And like, there's an article from the American Girl magazine from the mid nineties that we had posted on our Instagram a few months back about how to like safely browse the internet. And like, it had, yeah, exactly. And it had like, how to use like, like emoticons, like pre-emoji days when you're doing like the semicolon and parentheses to make little faces. But it was really funny to see, I'm trying to pull it up right now, but they shared like a bunch of websites that you could go on, like their suggestions for websites. And it was really funny to see. And even with um, American Girls website, like they didn't even have americangirl.com they had pleasantco.com and it said that it's a starting may 1 1996 look for our new website on the world wide web here's the address pleasantco.com it's so interesting to see like what the internet looked like at that point and I'm so curious to go back on the way back machine and right now because I have always wondered like did American Girl not have a website before 1998 and I've always thought about that and they they sure did pleasantco.com Pleasantco.com. oh we're going back even further then going back (laughs) even further 1996 um so yep there is a post okay we're gonna have a lot of fun right yeah that's so exciting thank you for that for that insight (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so interesting but yeah like the websites they suggest going to are like Crayola and Cartoon Network and like (laughs) websites I loved Nickelodeon.com seriously like global show and tell and kids web and kids only like what are these websites I don't know all right well Sydney We love to hear this from all our guests and Sydney, especially would love to hear it from you. What lasting impact did American Girl leave on you? So I think we've talked about a lot of this where one of the things that I love so much about American Girl is you can be friends with so many people just based off of your love for AG. Um, As a kid, I would go up to every person I would meet and say, hi, my name is Sydney. Do you like American Girl? And it was an amazing springboard because if they didn't like it, you know, I would try my best to connect with them on whatever it was. But for the most part, girls my age just loved AG. And we could then talk about our favorite characters. And that would like spur us into like other conversations where it's like, oh, I went and I like to play down by the river and play like cosplay Kirsten because this is a part of her story. And then like, I've had so many friends who love baking or love crafting or love, you know, they go to summer camp and they were in love with it because of Molly. Like I have, I have one friend in particular who went to camp because of Molly. And I just love knowing these things that we all we all shared this passion for AG and that was such an amazing way to make friends as kids. And it's still such an incredible way to make friends and which is harder, you know, as you're getting into your twenties and thirties, it is, it is significantly more difficult, but that is certainly one of my favorite things and has made a lasting impression on my life. And the other thing that I think about kind of constantly is American girl was my frame of reference for how, the world worked like it was my first kind of dose of this is a historical timeline I'm learning about um how things went in the past um in the in the 1700s 1800s 1900s um and I'm getting like this reference for why um the world evolved the way it did why 
like historical clothing evolved, why certain mm. accessories like went out of date. Um, and I also learned that girls are the same throughout every period of history. Um, like your circumstances will change, but the likelihood of me being friends with a girl from the 1700s, once I, you know, become culturally aware of what's what's going on at the time, and I don't freak her out. Uh, we will connect <laughs> in some way um, and we will probably be friends. Just same same as I, I could have been friends with Kirsten. I could have been friends with someone from the 1800s, from um, the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s. Um, and that was such a revelation for me as a kid, just having history come to life in that way and knowing that there isn't that much of a difference between any time in our history when we get down to it. Like we all are passionate. We all, you know, love our families, our friends. We all go after things that we want to do with our lives and girls are are incredible and we have been forever and we will continue being you know, incredible as we, as we go through life. And I would say that is probably the most, the most lasting impression American girls left on me. Wow. I'm just sitting here smiling. I mean, that was such an incredibly beautiful answer. And I think, you know, the first part of the sentiment is so closely tied to the second, right? Like American girl has taught us that, you know, there are so many similarities and to connect with people around you, like we're not so different than we might think, whether it's making a new friend or thinking back in history a bit further and what people were experiencing at different points, whether it was 200 years ago or today. And it's incredible to see that lasting impact of AG and still carrying that through in your life today. And, you know, here and now, like we're connecting, we are across the country. We probably otherwise would not have met, unfortunately. And here's American <laughs> girl bringing us together. It's absolutely incredible. And having, you know, this amazing brand to really instill these friendships in us and know that we have this thing that we love and adore in common is really incredible. Yeah. I, I, more. I couldn't agree more. So well said, both of you. I echo everything. You both just said it so beautifully. I think it's just wonderful that American Girl, at the end of the day, was an opportunity for us to see history through an eye that we don't normally get to. And, mm -hmm. you know, also learn a lot about ourselves and about, you know, relating to others in the process. So it, it serves an educational and like an emotional fulfillment, I think. Yeah. Um, and there's just so many touch points, even like beyond the dolls that I'm, I'm just so proud of, you know, what that brand was able to do for our, you know, generation. And also, you know, just so looking forward to seeing how that continues, even if it evolves into something that maybe looks a little bit different than what we're used to. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Everyone just had such beautiful responses to this. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, Sydney, we have a couple little games for you, little activities and, the first we're going to start with, I am just dying to hear your response. And we're going to play the little dinner party game, um, which you might have heard on past episodes. But we love to ask our guests if they can invite two American Girl characters to dinner. 
any two, any two of their friends, families, the main gals themselves, absolutely anybody, which two would you be inviting to your dinner party? I've had so much fun thinking about this. I would invite Sarah, Addie's best friend, and I would invite Aunt Millie. I want, they, wow. they're two of them are my favorite characters in the AG books. Um, I think I would throw Addie's mom in there too, but Sarah is like the best friend to Addie she could possibly be. And she is going through so much. And you like Connie Porter just writes these little glimpses into Sarah's life in these books. And I feel like Aunt Millie would just kind of figure out Aunt Millie is so resourceful. She would help Sarah figure out a way for Sarah to like continue pursuing her education. She wouldn't have to give up school and like working with her mom. Like Aunt Millie would come up with like a new like source of income for the family. And two of them would just be able to figure out all of that. And I think Sarah would just admire Aunt Millie's like spunk and like go get them attitude. And just, I think they would adore each other at the end of a dinner. And I would just sit back and watch and be so happy. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Aunt Millie, I feel like gets, and I actually would say this maybe about some of the other like adult women in the American Girl books. Like, I feel like they're so misunderstood. Like, Tia Dolores, Aunt Millie, Cornelia, (laughs) because they're sort of like, I feel like as we're children, like we're resonating more with the like younger girl characters, but they're, they're wonderful pictures that the stories are painting of strong women in addition to strong girls. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said Aunt Millie, because I feel like, I feel like she, she gets like I don't know, a little bit of like a a tough read sometimes. And she's great. (laughs) Yeah, she is so fun. And I was I was desperately sad when they cut her out of the Kit movie. I was really hoping for an Aunt Millie moment. No, I I love I love that whole book, Kit's um Kit's birthday story, because like I you feel for Kit so much, like how embarrassed she is by Aunt Millie and like her first adoration for her and like just, oh wow, you're doing so many cool things and this is amazing. And I'm finally excited to have borders in the house and like you're here showing us all of these new things. And then like that slowly progressing into just this shame and embarrassment is so real. And Aunt Millie is just so unabashedly herself. And she grew up in Kentucky on like this farm and she just has this like waste not want not attitude and she's here to like help the family. And- and like Kit's mom, I feel like you can just feel like her bristling at every moment with Aunt Millie in the house because she's like doing things entirely differently than than Margaret would do. And it's like the family dynamics are fascinating in that book. And I've really come to appreciate them as I've gotten older. Just like I, the best American Girl books and series are the ones where the adult characters are written well. Yes. Right. <laughs> Kit's books and Addie's books and Molly's books like those just nail them where the adults are real people and you can just appreciate their perspectives the older you get um so I I love I love Aunt Millie I would probably be annoyed by her at some points in my life but I would (laughs) adore her yeah now I I haven't read the Kit series but I've listened to Dolls of Our Lives go through the Kit books and I really am inspired to after their readings but from your perspective of it, is the audience supposed to sympathize with Aunt Millie? Like, are they cheering her on or are they feeling what Kit is with the embarrassment or like negative feelings when they're initially reading it? So 
I will just say as a kid, I definitely felt for Kit, but I also liked Aunt Millie. So there's, yeah. there's that. I think I think it's written very well and that you really do sympathize with Kit. And if Aunt Millie were to come into your school, because she she does, she comes into school and she tells all the students to come to Kit's like penny pincher birthday party or something. And yeah. you know, she's using all of these things that Kit had been cheering her on for. Like she's using all of this um lingo and and stuff where she's like we'll do you know this at kids birthday party and this and at the time like prior to this this school crasher like kids been like oh yeah this is great and now as she's like seeing all of her friends react she's just dying inside and you are dying with kit um but at the same time you feel like the shame kit feels when she basically tells off aunt millie and she's like you i don't want you doing this i don't want you part of my birthday you kind of ruined everything and like you feel this rage but you also feel this sense of oh no no but we love aunt millie this is right you're writing with all of the characters really well and i think valerie does that like immaculately and in kit's whole story um yeah I feel like Kit gets kind of a bad rap because people call her whiny and complaining and it's like come on she was a (laughs) nine-year-old living this like she was she was pretty rich like she was well off very much upper middle class at least and then everything goes to crap like the borders move in she has to go up to the attic like she's kicked out of her room which she didn't even like but at least it was her own room like you know there's all of these things going on and she has like one of the best arcs I think of any AG series like you really track with Kit yeah she's fun she's so fun I want to revisit her series too she's just got so much great accessories great books like (laughs) I love that yeah it's really interesting like I think revisiting some books or movies that I watched when I was younger thinking that like some adults were like villainous and now Mm -hmm. seeing them in a different light like Meredith Blake from The Parent Trap like Mm. she was just living her life like (laughs) things were a little absurd but overall I know I agree but yeah that's really that's really interesting I'm very curious to read the book so thank you for inspiring me for that Uh, let me let me know what you think I mean you might hate them and I would love to hear your opinion (laughs) either way either way it's it's wonderful totally Oh, okay. Well, my activity is we're gonna go um break down your favorite celebrity and who you think they would have as a doll. And you gave us a name of your favorite celebrity in your survey that you filled out for us. And I'm so excited because I loved this person. Oh, I, I was I, I guess it was probably like early high school when I started getting into her, but like also very hard for other people to understand and resonate with. So <laughs> I'm so thrilled that you selected her. But what American Girl doll would Katherine Hepburn have? Okay, so Laura, since you are also like you love Katherine Hepburn, I'd like you to weigh in on this. I feel like she would just so resonate with like a version of both Kit and Molly like combined. I feel like she's such a go-getter. She was so ahead of her times with like how she dressed and not letting anything hold her back um, societally or socially. Um, And I just feel like Kit and her whole collection would just feed like that passion that Catherine had for life. But she also had kind of like that whimsy that Molly has and like that daydreamy creativity, like that side that was a little bit less on Kit's end. So I feel like 
she would have to like stop and choose between these dolls and I'm not quite sure which one she would choose do you do you have an opinion so like instinctually when I think of Katherine Hepburn I automatically think of Kit because of like sort of like the spunky like work like Kit wanted to like work and like you know be like a woman of the world and not follow a traditional yeah exactly which is so Catherine Hepburn but I I think that she I also see elements of Molly in her especially because you know her peak career time was around World War II there's probably a lot that resonates Molly was also very into I feel like performance arts which obviously so is Catherine I also see just like in her background a smidge of Samantha yes I agree I agree (laughs) because like you know she comes from that like upper crust like east coast American vibe so like I feel like Grand Mary could have been someone in her life absolutely Um, Grand Mary was definitely in Catherine's life like we know that I just feel like she wouldn't have handled Grand Mary as well as Samantha did like I feel like (laughs) in a room we'd have a more accurate depiction exactly exactly it it would would be a disaster and and Catherine Hepburn like does not have any similarities I feel like with Samantha's like overall vibe because Samantha I feel feel like is very sweet and she's like super empathetic but like in a different way than I think you know all the characters are empathetic but in a different way than like say Kit would be so I think I Kit is the the main one but there's like a dash of Molly and then just a pinch of Samantha I I love that I have a funny story from Catherine Hepburn who I had written to when I was 10 years old I was doing a school project and I must have found her address. So I don't, I don't know where I would even know where her address came what? from. I, <laughs> I have the slightest idea, but I wrote her a letter and I must have asked for an autograph or a photograph. And I received a reply on her stationery, and I have it here and First of all, the date is in a Roman numeral. It is V1. So I'm assuming that is 6, June 12, 1996. Dear Lindsay Adams, thank you for your nice note. I am sorry, but Miss Hepburn does not sign or send photographs. And then it says in little dashes or other items. Sharon Powers for Miss Hepburn. What an amazing artifact to have in your possession, <laughs> Lindsay. Like, I cannot believe that she had her secretary or assistant take the time to right? write to a 10-year-old. <laughs> like, I mean, if that, I mean, you would assume they would just ignore it. Like the fact that right. someone actually wrote back to you, like her, her, <laughs> her fan mail. I I love this so very much. I, I actually, it reminds me that I have a letter that I wrote to Shirley Temple when I was seven and I didn't send it. And I'm so sad because I, I'm sure I probably would have gotten a similar response by her management team, which would have been, it would have crushed me at the time, but I would love to have that now. Wow. I am, I'm thrilled for you that you were refused at least in person or like over snail mail that you have right? something. Catherine Hepburn. So perfect. Right. 
I know it's like a rejection letter, but also one that I'm happy to have. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Incredible. Ugh. Well, shall we try our hand at the little trivia game? Oh yes. Let's, let's do it. Let's try. I, All yes. right. I'm so, going to try my best. Sydney, we launched this game when we first started our podcast where we did a little memory test mm-hmm. with the characters from the book series. And it was a challenge for a lot of our guests. So we've <laughs> phased this out to other games and activities, but every once in a while, we'll bring it back for a special guest. And today that is you, Sydney. So I'm thrilled and a little scared, but I can't wait to try <laughs> to get at this. I am very excited to see how you do. And I'm going to read these characters to you. And we do this in pretty quick succession. So um, rapid fire style, have a couple seconds to think about it. And if you aren't sure, you could say pass and then we'll go through it at the end. Okay. All right. Gardner Edwards, Samantha, Annabelle Cole, Felicity, Auntie Lula, Addie, Emily Bennett, Molly, Mariana, Josefina, Miss Manderley, Felicity, Singing Bird. Kirsten. Grand Mary. Samantha. Harriet Davis. Addie. Agatha Pitt. Samantha. Jiggy Nye. Felicity. Teresita. Josefina. Gladys Guilford. Molly. Lars Larson. Kirsten. Marta. Kirsten. Poor Marta. (laughs) Mrs. Ford. Addie. Allison Hargate. Molly. Magdalena. Josefina. You got them all. (gasps) I got them all. You got them all, Sydney. Sick of a bit. Like, who is that? That just sounds like a Samantha name, but I have no idea who this person is. That is Agnes and Agatha, Aunt Cornelia's sisters. I am so. Like, I, I always hear Agnes and Agatha together, and I've never heard just <laughs> one of them alone. So that's why. That's the, that's the so kicker. Cool. That's the kicker. <laughs> and it's so bizarre in the Samantha movie that they only feature, like, one of them, but it doesn't even look like either. Yeah. Like, I just think of, like, the red hair from Agnes and Agatha, no. and this was just, like, I, I don't know which one they chose. So strange. I feel like I don't. Was that supposed to be like one of them, or was that supposed to just be like or Aunt Cornelia's niece or something? Like, yeah. I find it's so weird. I always, I always was surprised by that too. Right? I it was like, I feel like it was relation. random. Yeah. Right. It wasn't that they were sisters. It was like her niece. Right. She was like younger, didn't look like them. But it's like choose a different name then. Right. I know. Agree. That's so weird. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Wow. Thank you well, guys for asking me. I, I had so much fun doing that. <laughs> oh my God. I was so excited. You are the second person ever on AGW to get all of them right. So I'm very, very impressed. <laughs> well, Sydney, this has been such a joy, such a delight. I cannot thank you enough for joining us tonight. This was absolutely incredible and a conversation we must continue um, and have you back on. This was absolutely amazing. I am thrilled that you both asked me and that we got to make this work and I can't wait to, to talk to you again. Absolutely. 
ditto. We can't wait to have you back for maybe a little catalog peruse. We'll see. (laughs) Oh my God. Where can everybody find you after this? You can all find me at five hens and a cockatiel pretty much anywhere (laughs) on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. I I do have a YouTube channel that I made um, when I was 13 or 14. You can see all my old AG slideshows that I made my dolls. First photography. So there you go. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.